This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 12, Episode 27. This is Writing Excuses, Choosing a Length. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we picked 15 minutes long. We did. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. She didn't pick 15 minutes. We did. She was forced into it. I was yes. forced into it. And then we picked Mary. Mm-hmm. I picked the length of my name for this. I'm just Mary here instead of Mary Robinette. Mm, there you are. Um, so, choosing the right length for your story. Uh, Mary, I'm going to pitch at you. Can you tell us the different story lengths? Yes. Um, okay, so there, there are a couple of different definitions, mm-hmm. but the ones that, that most of the people use um, are that up to 7,500 words, you are a short story. Yep. Arbitrary number, but there's there's got to be one. Yep. Um, above that, then we go to 1250. Is that right? 1500. It's, yeah, it depends on who you're talking to because yeah. 17,000. Is Riders of the Future? Yeah, seventeen is oh. what I've heard. All the time. Um, and then, yeah, that's uh, and so that cutoff generally is where people go because Riders of the Future will take seventy thousand and under, but not over seventeen thousand. Um, but yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, this is this is why we get. Yep, but that that <laughs> yep. weird one in the middle is the novelette. Yeah, novelette. and that's usually between seventy five hundred and seventeen five. Yeah, that's typical. Yes. Um, and then above that we have novella. Up to 40,000 words, which is what Brandon writes. Occasionally, yes. Occasionally. <laughs> yes, that's my short fiction. Yes. yes. Also his chapters. Yeah, I uh, do have plenty of chapters. <laughs> yeah, and then at the other end of the spectrum, uh, we have things that are under 1,000 words, our flash fiction, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have microfiction, you have yep. Twitter fiction. And we have a novel going from 40 all the way up. How how long's the one you're working on now? Uh, 510,000 words Uh is the current word count of Oathbringer. Um, Which is literally (laughs) stretching the bounds of publishability in physical form. pushing, though Alan Moore did one at 600,000 last year, so um, I'm okay. Yeah. (laughs) Songs that don't go as long as Alan Moore, the wonderful crazy Mm -hmm. wizard of uh, England, then we're okay. That one book is literally... Longer than my entire series. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if we want to, if we want to expand our our uh, mm-hmm. categorization system here, we have novel, really long novel, I guess. Yes. But then series is also something right. to consider when you're planning how long a project is going to be. I agree with that, which um, is definitely something that we plan for. But right now, we're really talking about you've got a story in your head. How do you decide how long it should be? Um, I get this question all the time. Do I? How do I know if it's a novel or a short story? Which one do you want to tell? And I'm yeah. I'm totally serious about this because I can take any story idea you give me, and I can make a novel out of it, or I can make a short story out of it. Now it's gonna change. It will definitely change. The reading experience is not going to be the same. But what do you want your reader experience to be? And what do you want your own experience to be writing it? Um, I, I've used this analogy before, but the difference between a novel and a short story is basically the difference between watching the Olympics and watching 
A sport. As, yeah. uh, watching high, what, yeah. no, watching oh. a YouTube video. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know, the YouTube video, you want the swift emotional punch in the gut. You want to begin right as the gymnast goes out to do her flippy flippy mm-hmm. and end right when she sticks the landing. Or not. Or not. Yes. Um, <laughs> Depending on which kind <laughs> of YouTube, YouTube video, video. <laughs> Yes. yes. Um, exactly. You just, you just want the kitten to be cute. You don't want to watch them. Okay, I'm going to push you on this more. What would lead you individually to choose one or the other for a story you have had in your head? Um, oh, so it, it really, at this point in my career, it's who am I trying to sell it to? Okay. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately. No, I can talk on that because yeah. I do something similar. Why do I write novellas? The actual answer is I have to get ideas out of my brain and do something different, but I used to do those as novels, and now all the fans ask for sequels to those novels, and I've entrenched myself in several series with promised uh, sequels. Whereas when I said, no, I'm going to step back, I can only spare two weeks, I have to learn this form so that I can have this thing that I can sell directly to the fans— I can, you know, I can do something different with. It wasn't about the artistic nature of it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the, this story is naturally, which sometimes you feel, but really me learning the novella was pure um, time issues. Yeah. Now, I, I will say that that I do actually have a formula for yeah? being able to tell where the story is naturally sitting, the story that you're excited about. Um, and so write down what I call a thumbnail sketch, um, which is basically... Uh, just a, a quick, it, it's an outline for yourself. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to make sense to anybody else, but what you're looking at is who are the characters I'm interested in? What are the threads that I'm interested in? What are the locations I'm interested in? Um, if you have more than four characters, it's not a short story. Probably. When you say characters, you say characters involved or viewpoint characters. Characters, period. Characters, if, period. Okay. So, and, and I should say that there's a difference between a character... In a short story and a character in a, well, the the dividing line of mm-hmm. when a character is. Uh, counts as a character. Ca- counts as a character. And not a shield bearer or whatever the spear yeah. carrier. Spear carrier. Yeah. Um, it is different uh, short fiction and, and novel, fi- novel length. Because in short fiction, basically, if they get a line and they get a name, they're a character. Okay. Um, and, and what we're looking at here is basically the proportion of the stage that they're taking up. Uh, in in a novel, you can have a name and you can have lines, and you may just be a background character. So you know the bellhop, right? Um, like if if I have a scene in a coffee shop and the waitress gets five lines, but the overall story there's only ten lines of dialogue, that waitress is a character. But in a novel, and she's got five lines, she's background. So so in but what we're talking about is basically if someone has a name. And, and lines, dialogues. If you, if you are mentioning them in your, your little thumbnail sketch. Right. Then you add them into this formula. Right. So the formula goes like this. And we will put this in the liner notes because I am about to throw math at you. So the length of your story, LS, equals, open parentheses, open parentheses. Um, so the length of your story equals the number of characters plus the number of locations times 750 words. So each character and location takes about 750 words to manage. And then you multiply that times the number of um, mace element or or thread, plot thread elements. Uh, You multiply that uh, by 1.5. 
because each one has the potential to make your story half again as long. So if you're if you're sitting there and going, oh, I've got this great idea for a story, and it's about these two generals and the conflict that they're having with their family, and then they're going to be going on this long quest, and and you're like, okay, so long quest, you've you've just mentioned in your yeah, thing. you've added fifty percent just yes. by adding another plot thread. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, each of them have multiple family members, so we're looking at six characters each. And that's already, you know, that's seven hundred and fifty words per character. Mm-hmm. So you can see immediately that so, this is going to where where this is roughly going to land. Okay. Okay. So I uh, got curious and I just calculated this out. I uh, we're doing a John Cleaver omnibus of the first trilogy in which I'm including a short story that I just wrote, and I punched it into your formula and it aimed a little higher than my word count, but it was more or less accurate. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. It's it's. It, as I say, it's good for a rough diagnostic. You can totally find things that break this. Right. It's just if you're wondering how long is my story going to be, and you could probably play with this for a while, write some stories, then go back and plug them in and find your own exact numbers so you can figure it out. Uh, Dan, how did you decide short story for this? Well, in this case, it was because I have always wanted to do a bridge between the two John Cleaver trilogies and tried with Next of Kin, and that's really not how Next of Kin functions in practice at all. <laughs> so I gave it another shot and didn't want to do a whole novel. So I said, oh, I'm going to do a short story. And really the the length of it came down to, again, the idea. The, the concept behind the story is that uh, John is, after the third book ends and before the fourth book starts, just sitting and talking to a therapist with twist at the end. And that constrained location. There are a couple of extra characters. I knew it couldn't be much longer than that because all I really wanted it to be was this conversation and then we're done. Mm. You know, I'm seeing or just thinking about the fact that a lot of times when you write a short story, length comes first. You say, I want to submit to X, Y, or Z. I am going to write a short story for it. Or even you sit down and say, I'd like try to try a short story. Um, how does that influence? Like, when I write most of my novels, I go a certain length and just kind of go, mm-hmm. um, particularly begin early in my career. Now I know kind of in the back of my head, oh, it has this many plots and things. But I would just kind of go, you can't do that with a short story as easily because you're thinking about markets. You're thinking about where to pitch it. How that influence how you write one? Well, one of the things that influences for me is is the structure. Uh, so aside from just the, the character, the, the number of characters and locations, I mean, it, it starts influencing it immediately because I, I will choose to constrain rather than letting things expand. It's like, can I reuse this location? Mm-hmm. Can a character I've already introduced serve this purpose or do I actually need that new character? So it, it will it will it will affect me there. But the other place it affects me is uh, is structure when I'm thinking about the number of scenes that I have and where I put those scene breaks. So again, I'm, I'm talking about a, a proportional thing. Like if if you are, you know, if if you go to the opera and you're you're watching Aida and it's a four hour opera with two intermissions, you will you you are happy about those two intermissions. Um, you know, an hour and a half in, you take a twenty minute intermission. Great. If it's a forty five minute show. And I have an intermission 30 minutes in that's 20 minutes long. Chances are people aren't coming back <laughs> for those <laughs> remaining 15 minutes. And if they do, there's no way you can ramp up that 
to that tension level again. And that's a, a mistake that I see a lot of people make in their short fiction is that they'll have this really long scene. And then you see a lot of early career writers do this, the very last scene. They'll have this short scene tacked on at the end, often mm-hmm. from someone else's point of view, that's, that's supposed to be the surprising twist. But there's not enough space and, and room for the reader to invest and, and have that that uh, that emotional reaction again. So if I want that kind of twist, then I look at how that can be part of the mm. scene. It, it affects where I'm going to put my scene breaks so that uh, – and, and a lot of these proportional questions are the same kinds of things that you're thinking about with a novel, but the flaws become glaringly obvious with a short story. Right. Well, and with a novel, you often want more denouement. Yeah. You want to sit back and experience the characters reflecting on just how things just happened. Wow. Short story, you don't want that because it would be so short and it's just not part of it and yeah. it's it'll feel tacked on. And so when you when you shrink everything proportionally on the short story, a lot of those things just don't belong anymore. Yeah. And and one of the things that you're doing with the denouement is mm-hmm. that you are are giving the reader space to ease out of an environment that they've been immersed in. Yeah. Whereas with short fiction, the the immersion, and and granted, you can totally find short stories that give you that sense. But for the most part, just the subjective time that the reader has spent reading it, they aren't as immersed in it. Let's stop for a book of the week, which is Howard's book. Yay! Yay! Um, Schlock mercenary readers have been asking for 10 years for the 70 maxims of maximally effective mercenaries. They've been wanting this collection of uh, pithy, uh, in-world, unwisdom, um, terrible, terrible advice, and it's, it, is, it is now complete. Um, the 70 maxims of maximally effective mercenaries uh, is an in-world artifact from the Schlock Mercenary universe uh, the way the book is designed is so that you will feel like you have picked up a thing that is from the universe. And there are two editions. There's the edition that is pristine, as if you bought it off the shelf. And there's the edition that has passed through the hands of Carl Tagon for 30 years, his son Kath for maybe 10, uh, Captain Murtaugh and Sergeant Schlock, and all of them have written in it. Um, you handed these out to us today. And we were all sit- sitting and giggling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just it like is. little kids playing with toys because it was so fun to I, I got a, The most fun for me about these, writing the maxims themselves is, is terribly difficult because, I mean, you talk about selecting a length. Uh, I, I, they have to be short. They have to be pithy. It's so crunchy. Mm-hmm. The thing that I loved was writing the scholar text underneath. <laughs> it's just so much Where fun. I start... <laughs> being pseudo-erudite about uh, about these words that I wrote and picking apart all of the flaws that I've found in my... Oh, it's delicious. Um, anyway, you can find these at uh, schlock, or store.schlockmercenary.com. Um, by now, when this podcast airs in July, uh, Amazon uh, may already have copies of these. And if you're coming to Gen Con, uh, we'll have those there. And... You and me and Dan will be at Gen Con. Correct. And I think Mary will be. I yeah. have not decided yet. Yes. I'm so. trying to 
travel less, which is not working out so far. <laughs> Let's ask another question of the podcasters. Have you ever been wildly wrong about the length of a story you were working on? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Shades of Milk and Honey began uh-huh. as flash fiction. Ooh, wow. Okay. I've never written one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and this was before I had figured out the whole formula thing. And if I had, I would have looked at it and immediately realized I had a problem because the first scene, which was the short story, had four characters in it. And it was a thousand words long. I'm like, there's a problem right there. <laughs> Dan? Um, yeah, I uh, my Mormon pioneer superhero zombie story, yeah. um, I thought was going to be a short story. And I just could not find a way to wrap it up. And it was because of all the extra locations. That's what kept expanding is they needed to go on a quest, you know, to rescue people. And so it ended up being way longer than intended. Howard? I really hadn't been expecting Schlock Mercenary to take 18 years to not not yet be done. Um, It's uh, a a better example. There there have been several Schlock Mercenary stories where I have run up against uh, the... Uh, the limitations implied by the formula that Mary has provided, and which will be in the liner notes if uh, hearing somebody say open paren, open paren, does not immediately communicate the visual. Well, then I didn't do any of the closed parens. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's going to make some... Uh, sorry, everybody, close paren, close paren. I know many of you were very uptight about that. <laughs> um, wow, all that stuff is in the formula. It's going to be really very complicated. Yeah, it's, not gonna, it's, it's not going to compile. <laughs> at least we closed the parentheses. Yeah. Um, many, many times I've, uh, I've thought, oh, I'm going to tell this little side thing and realize, oh, I just bloated the story huge and I made a promise with this side thing that I now need to resolve later. And I've gotten better at not doing that, but... So oh none my. of them have been shorter than no. you expect, which is uh, interesting. Yeah, I have had that too. Um, but you're right, it doesn't happen as often. So um, you were pointing at me for my example. Yeah. Um, my best example is the second era Mistborn books. Um, and this is very illustrative of how my process is. I sat down to write a short story. And I realized quickly on I wanted to tell a larger story. I actually trashed the short story, um, though I do think I put it up eventually on the Patreon. Um, I trashed the short story and then wrote a novel instead. My short story did not become a novel. Uh, This is very frequently misquoted online. I didn't sit down and accidentally, like I joke, oh, I accidentally wrote another novel. That doesn't actually happen to me. Um, I can spitball a length. And no, now, sometimes they are longer, like, you know, Oathbringer is at 500,000 right now. When I outlined it, I'm like, this is going to be 450. Um, And I will probably get to 520 and then cut down to 480. I've been telling people 450 for a long time, though. Um, So, I mean, that's an extra 30,000 words. That's a big Mm -hmm. extra. But when you're (laughs) working with a 400,000-word book— um, and things like this. You so, missed by 9%. Yeah, That's... I'm usually, I tell people, I'm usually within 10 to 15% when I shoot at something for a length. Yeah, I, I actually do have a story that ended up being way shorter than I intended, which was Next of Kin, which I mentioned hmm. earlier, mm-hmm. uh, because that was originally intended to be not a full novel, but much longer than it was. I was aiming for around forty or 50,000 words, and I think it's half that. I don't remember the exact word count. Uh, but I, in the somewhere along writing, 
in the third or fourth scene realized, wait, I don't know where I'm headed with this. I don't know exactly which story I want to tell, which means once I figured that out, oh, well, then it has to end here, which means it's going to be much shorter than, than I thought it was going to be. And one of the uh, structural bits that I'm, I, happens to me every week is when I am trying to determine what the Monday through Sunday series of strips or the Sunday through Saturday series of strips is going to be. And I will often break things up into three strip or three row blocks where Sunday is a scene and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is a scene and Thursday, Friday, Saturday is a scene. And what I have found is that uh, when I am wrong about how I've plotted things, I will end up with a Monday, Tuesday that is a scene all by itself, which often feels a little bit too short. Um, and so, and so I have to do things to, I have to do things to make it work. Let's stop here for some homework, which, uh, Howard, you have for us. Absolutely. Now I need to pull up the, yes, now I remember what I was going to say. All right. Take a story, uh, take, you know, a, a big complex sort of story and rewrite it as a children's story. And when I say children's story, I mean a story that you would tell to little kids, a story that would be like a, you know, a little picture book type story, um, the, you know, are you my mother kind of story. Yeah, or a bedtime story. Yeah, a little, mm-hmm. little bedtime, little bedtime story. Some uh, take something complex. <laughs> take something complex. You know what? Take something terrifying and retell it as a children's story. Excellent. Like... Uh, Good Night Dune. <laughs> if you've never seen that, <laughs> yes, go look it up. Yes, that's a great one. Uh, but this has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.